Hi, everyone. Welcome to Oscar Wilde. And as you can see, it's not Thursday. This is not an official release. This is going to be a mini episode because we have so much information to pack into this upcoming Mank episode that we decided it would be better to split it into a mini episode and then a full episode. And we'll totally explain why. Plus, we have some other information that we want to share with you that's been going on with the film industry. I am Nick Rohrkraut. I'm Sophia Simonello. And just like Nick said, we have so much information to share with what is going on in the movie industry and in the press right now, aka Warner Brothers and HBO Max. All of this news that came out this week is just so unprecedented. So Warner Brothers announced recently that their entire 2021 slate will be heading to HBO Max. So this includes films like Dune, which I know we've talked about ad nauseum and won't stop talking about, Judas and the Black Messiah, which I think is still going to be an awards contender this year, The Many Saints of Newark, which is that Sopranos prequel movie, very excited for that, Matrix 4, The Suicide Squad, and more. In his own statement, and this is from Vanity Fair, Warner Media CEO Jason Killar, who formerly held that title at Hulu, added, after considering all available options and the projected state of movie going throughout 2021, we came to the conclusion that this was the best way for Warner Media's motion picture business to navigate the next 12 months. More importantly, we are planning to bring consumers 17 remarkable movies throughout the year, giving them the choice and the power to decide how they want to enjoy these films. These are some of the biggest movies that I think we've heard of over the past year and that some were supposed to come out this year. This is totally wild. It's huge. And I think, too, when you think about it, Suicide Squad would make a lot of money. Dune could make a lot of money at the box office like these could have been really big returns Mm -hmm. for warner brothers to have these movies in theaters now of course we don't know what the state of the world is going to look like into 2021 but this is a major move and a huge deal we cannot i think stress that enough dune alone would have made i'm pretty sure over a billion internationally obviously in a normal pre-covid world but i think this whole slate of films and some that we don't even know about yet could definitely make that much or more combined. And we have no idea how this is going to go in 2021 now that we hear about, you know, vaccine in the works. But I don't think that's going to affect movie going. It's not going to revitalize everything in the next eight or so months even. There's another article I found on Vulture that quoted, according to an insider, who spoke to Vulture, one from Village Roadshow, who is responsible for The Matrix 4, and then Legendary Pictures, who is responsible for Godzilla vs. Kong, were neither consulted nor warned of the studio's impending distribution upheaval. That is huge. Okay, let me continue. Unreal. (laughs) They were shocked to discover their tentpole releases were going day and date by reading about it in the news reports. (laughs) Quote, Holy shit, one texted to his equally flabbergasted agent. This is ridiculous that they wouldn't even make one phone call, unquote. So apparently about an hour ahead of the studio's bombshell announcement, Warner Brothers called the heads of top talent agencies to discuss the renegotiating of talent deals, which, long story short, are connected as back-end components if the films make X amount of dollars. The stars, the producers, people in the crew will get either a percentage or another amount. 
So according to sources, Warner Brothers will have to buy out every such deal on every movie it plans to release next year, which is a hugely costly and exhaustive process. This like totally blew my mind to think that studio execs or whoever did this didn't consult the companies and at least notify them if this is true seems so irresponsible and such a costly endeavor which i mean you know talent's gonna complain about it they're gonna want all of their buyouts well i think that's the thing too that when you start thinking about the business side of things with the stars and we'll get to this when we talk about mank too but the fact that gal gadot in her contract has terms probably when she signed on for wonder woman 1984 Mm -hmm. to make a certain percentage of that from the theaters that's not how that's going to work with hbo max that's not how the business model works and just the fact that they didn't tell anyone i find it completely rude and irresponsible and truly mystifying I can't wait to hear more gossip about how this is actually going to go down and what's happening behind the scenes. I wish we could find out who the source was or, you know, at what level the source was coming from. You know, these smaller movies, how are they going to make the most money under these new circumstances? Is it releasing on a streaming site? Is it PVOD? There is still going to be a theatrical window, and I think it's interesting to think about what HBO Max is doing in comparison to other streaming platforms. So they will continue to release films theatrically, but will add a one-month domestic access period on HBO Max. So after this one-month access period ends, the films will leave the streaming platform And will be in theaters, which is, I think, very interesting compared to Netflix's model, which is this idea that, you know, we make The Irishman and The Irishman lives on Netflix in perpetuity. But HBO, it's like with this deal with Warner Brothers now, they leave. So they're banking on people signing up for a service for Dune and staying because Mm -hmm. The Matrix is coming. And I think what's going to be important with that is their schedule and spacing out these movies to either keep people or to grow numbers over time. Mm -hmm. And this is only for this year. We have no idea what's going to happen for 2022. If movie theaters start to come back and people become more comfortable with wanting to go back to the movies... I think we will see this go away potentially by 2022 or 23. So I am super pessimistic about this. I feel like the writing's been on the wall for a long time about movie theaters, and I think it's going to stay this way. Specifically, I think that Warner Brothers is using COVID as an excuse to make a deal, to, you know, stake their claim in the streaming wars that we have with Netflix and, you know, who can get awards and who can get more subscribers, et cetera, et cetera. This type of deal, this type of model is here to stay. I think it can evolve, but I think that people, even without a pandemic, would prefer to watch movies at home. I am not that type of person. Mm -hmm. I would always prefer to go to the theater and I will continue to go to theaters as long as they're around. You know, some of these movies I've watched recently at home, I think there are some merits to being able to watch them at home, of course, especially now. But I just think, wow, my experience would be so much better seeing this in a theater. But I think that the average person who doesn't go to the movies very often this is so convenient for them and i think it's going to stay this way and it spells doom for movie theaters speaking of theaters amc also (laughs) 
pitched a little hissy fit recently <laughs> about this whole news, just as they did previously mm-hmm. with Universal about the whole Trolls World Tour debacle. Mm-hmm. And they kind of made out from that by decreasing the theatrical window to 17 days and having a deal with Universal. So the source comment was that AMC reached out to Warner to talk about what was going on. So we have yet to find out how this is going to play out. My first thought when I read all of this, besides just being sad for a few minutes about theaters, was that what's Disney Plus going to do? Because now that they have Searchlight, are they going to establish like a Disney Plus option or add-on that is for movies that allow you to drop F-bombs or that have more adult content? Like, Are they going to have an option like that? that's available so that the French dispatch will just go right there and Nomadland will go right there. And, you know, is Apple TV plus going to do this with a 24? We already had on the rocks do this because of the pandemic, but I see also Mm -hmm. a a production company like a 24 that seems very dedicated to the theatrical experience and that type of release. I feel them as maybe more reluctant to do that but I don't really think so at the end of the day if it's going to bring them more subscribers and make them more money and get them more awards I don't know and a lot of these subscription services we're mentioning are fairly new Disney plus and Apple TV plus with Disney they could almost release another platform with Mm -hmm. like more adult content, which another platform (laughs) is definitely not what we need. But you know, if little Sally is trying to find Frozen 2 and happens upon Nomadland, she's gonna start crying. And then (sighs) with all of Disney's subsidiaries, there are just so many different kinds of movies that Mm -hmm. I don't think they can just throw on Disney Plus. So quite the debacle. I did say this a little bit jokingly on Twitter, but I also kind of mean it. What did Christopher Nolan do? Like, I I can't help but feel like I need to blame him a little bit. The failure that was Tenet being released in theaters, I think that was a little bit of what Warner Brothers needed to say, this is not a fiscally responsible endeavor. So far, worldwide, it's made $357 million, which is over their 200 mil budget. Not what it would have made pre-COVID, but still substantial considering i mean there are only so many routes movies can take and it's not like anyone has found the perfect solution yet and we're still in this like gray area where they're playing around and trying to figure out what's best for their company and tbd yeah we'll see how this all turns out i hope that i can see dune in a theater and not on my tv at home So next we have our segment, Wild For It, that we've done once before. Last time, Nick, you talked about Wolf Walkers, and I talked about David Byrne's American Utopia. So the movie that I'm wild for this week just dropped on Amazon Prime, so you can watch it there. It's called Sound of Metal. It was not what I was expecting at all. So just a little bit about this movie. It was directed by Darius Martyr. It stars Riz Ahmed, who I adore. Riz Ahmed plays a drummer who's in this metal band, and he suffers a profound hearing loss near the beginning of the film. So the film really details his journey in his hearing loss and coming to terms with that and what that does to him emotionally. And Riz Ahmed always has brilliant performances. I came to know him through the night of on HBO, which I really loved that miniseries. Mm-hmm. But what stood out to me besides Riz Ahmed was the sound design. It blew me away. I watched it and thought, if 
we lived in a just world with the Oscars, this would handily win. But I don't mm-hmm. know if that will happen. We can talk about predictions <laughs> and everything like that later on. But I think the way that the sound design worked, it really focused on this character's interior journey of what it's like to lose your hearing and navigate the world in that way. And I was really moved by it. When I saw this, I was definitely blown away by the sound design as well. I think having him have this hearing loss, this deafness really early on kind of blew me away too, because then from then out, it's his experience being deaf and they introduce this community of deaf people who live in this rehab center almost, and he kind of rehabilitates himself into understanding what it means to be deaf and communicating and I think there's some wonderful performances here apart from Riz. We have Paul Racy who plays his mentor in this facility and then also Lauren Ridloff who is blowing up and I love it so much. So Paul is a child of deaf adults and then Lauren is actually deaf. You might know her from The Walking Dead and she's also cast in Chloe Zhao's new Eternals which is really exciting. Mm -hmm. Everybody should watch this movie. I do have some like issues with it but I think overall it is representation and it's done well and it's a beautiful film about this reckoning for Riz's character and how he deals with that and I cried of course and it's um, (laughs) a very introspective film Mm -hmm. so this is an amazing pick what's your pick my pick is Promising Young Woman, which a lot of people might know about from a trailer that was released earlier this year. Mm-hmm. I think this was supposed to be released a while ago, but the trailer is with an acoustic version of Toxic by Britney Spears, obviously, and the film stars Carrie Mulligan. Hands down the wildest movie I've seen this year. I was so giddy the whole time watching this play out. It's a bit gratuitous but in a good way. And I don't really want to give away any of the plot. They release it piecewise during the story. And I think that adds to the mystery of everything that's happening and the psychosis of Carrie Mulligan's character. So apart from her in this movie, it's Bo Burnham, Laverne Cox, Alison Brie, Adam Brody, Sam Richardson, who you would know from Veep as Mm -hmm. the intern. Jennifer Coolidge even. It's so crazy. The soundtrack here, I need it immediately when it comes. It's on Spotify. Oh my God. Even when the movie started and they were showing the production companies, they're playing a song and I had to pause because it blew me away. I just like needed to breathe for a second. (laughs) But the story that they show Carrie Mulligan going through is so timely for where we are for America, for the Me Too movement, and it is so, so worthy. It's directed by Emerald Fennel, who you will know wrote for Killing Eve. She also plays Camilla in The Crown. I cannot wait for you to see this. I'm very excited to see this. I love Carrie Mulligan. I have to say, when I first saw the trailer, I thought, ooh, this could be either really good or really bad. So I'm excited Mm -hmm. that I've been seeing a lot of praise for it. I'm very worried it's overhyped. And sometimes when that happens to me, I go into it expecting too much and then I'm just disappointed. So I'm trying not to let it affect me in that way, but I'm very excited to see it. I 
don't really think she ever gets the praise that she deserves. So I know she's going to have a great performance. I also think one thing that really struck me from the trailer, besides having Toxic, of course, which I love, the men that are in it are so perfectly cast as these Mm -hmm. stereotypes of certain types of men. That's just what I noticed from the trailer alone and not even seeing the movie where I was like, okay, this is interesting. Like something cool is happening here that I'm very excited to see. So I've seen some mixed reviews and I worry that as a white male, I love it because I don't necessarily know the perspective that it's coming from. But Uh I think I'm trusting that it's made by a female and she's telling this female perspective that it will be largely liked and accepted. Christmas cannot come soon enough. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be watching this on Christmas Day, but we will see. (laughs) (laughs) So Sound of Metal you can watch right now on Prime and promising young woman you just have to wait a little bit longer but much anticipated very excited Mm -hmm. for that one next time we will actually be talking about mank so on thursday tune in again for our full episode we'll be actually going into david fincher's mank like we promised last time thanks for listening everyone we will see you back very very soon